Welcome back to Purpose Driven Passive Profits. His name is Nate Armstrong, the CEO of Home Invest. My name is Steve Warner. I am your Chief Investment Officer. And today we are going to be talking about what happens if the government defaults on debt. The last time this happened, it was 1979. We are in crazy, crazy times. Nate, just walk us through what we're looking at. Like, how does the government even think about defaulting on debt? Like, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, how do they think about it? Well, um, years ago, this changed in 1919. I believe that was a year. I might be off by plus or minus a year. But up until 1919, all spending was approved by Congress. So like, if we were going to go to war, or if we were going to do, you know, whatever, if we needed some big dollar amount, coronavirus bailout, whatever it would have been back then, then then Congress had to approve it. And it started to inundate them. It started to get very, very, um, a lot of demands are put on them. And so instead, we changed to more of like a, think of it like a credit card system. Uh, the government gets a big slosh fund of money, and then they get to spend it how they spend it. And then if they hit the limit, the credit limit of the credit card, then they have to go back and get it approved. And so since 1919, they changed it to this credit system. And that's just been happening every single year. Actually, several years, it's been multiple times per year where the government had to approve a debt limit increase. Uh, they've approved it every single time. Um, so usually that's what happens. We currently have an administration, the president, Joe Biden, that's saying, I'm not budging unless you increase the debt's, debt ceiling. I'm not going to give any concessions. And then on the opposite side, you have Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House. He's saying, we got to rein in spending. Like we're like a drunken sailor, sailor with credit card right now. Like we got to stop this nonsense. We got to rein in spending. And so you have the two sides that are just polar, polar opposite. And they're both at least pretending not to budge. And I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if history repeats itself, we haven't had a default since the, the 70s. If history repeats itself, they'll find some solution and they'll get it done, at least a temporary one. It's usually what happens is they punt it down the road for six months or whatever. If they don't, however, that could get interesting. Um, they came really close, I think back in 2014 to not increasing the debt limit. It came down to like within a week, the government was actually going to have to start shutting down because they wouldn't have had funds. And the Moody's Analytics, uh, who does credit rating for governments, they actually downgraded the US government's credit score when that whole fiasco happened. So let's just pretend that this one drags out a little bit more because they're actually saying that we could default as soon as June. That's like, depending on when you listen to this, that's like two to four weeks from now. We could default as soon as June if they don't reach some kind of compromise. If that happens, then more than likely we'll get downgraded on credit score again. If we actually default, it could be much more serious. We All of our costs of funds would go up. And then this whole interest rate cycle that we feel like is high right now, it would probably have to go higher because our cost of money will be going up at that point. That's what happened the last time we got close to this. We flirted with the edge of it. Okay. When you say, yeah. when you say cost of money, what do mm -hmm. you mean by that? Yeah. Like how we borrow money. There's a few different ways that we borrow money. The federal reserve can obviously print money on demand, which then kind of floats on the backs of taxpayers. Uh, or we can take out uh, bonds, treasury bonds, corporate bonds, all that kind of stuff. And so um, basically treasury bonds right now, you can get roughly, depends on when you listen to this, but you can, if you put up money 
for the US government for a treasury bond, if you put in your cash, um, then the the treasury bonds right now, they're paying somewhere between three and 5%, depending on the length of time that they're out. And if the government wanted to raise more money so that they could have more cash in their war chest, so to speak, they would have to up that. Or if confidence of the US dollar goes down, they're going to have to up that as well. Instead of paying three to 5%, they might have to pay 8%. They might have to pay 10% because the world will lose faith in the US dollar. And so then that makes the cost of money for the government more expensive. Um, yeah, if that, that starts to happen, that's going to inevitably trickle down on all of us. Right now, basically, all of our GDP, the gross domestic product of the United States, all of the production that the government is doing, they're using it to pay the interest on the debt right now. There's no wiggle room. Like there's, it's like a, a family living month to month on a credit card, just paying the interest each month, just so they can get by to the next month. So it's not like the US economy has a lot of wiggle room right now because we don't, there's none, there's zero. So if the cost of money goes up and we have to pay a greater interest rate somewhere, there will be defaults. There's gonna be chaos. There's gonna be people losing jobs. It's just inevitable. So how does all of that affect multifamily real estate? I know we talked about interest rate, but what else does it affect? Like as far as people moving in, needing more housing, moving out of housing, defaulting on their credit, defaulting on their mortgage payments. Like how does this affect multifamily? Yeah. So this, we're going to get into a little bit of crystal ball zone because fortunately we haven't seen it actually happen. The, the seventies episode of the default they claim was not because of the Congress negotiating with the president. They claim it was because of a clerical error. It still cost us some bad reputation uh, worldwide and credit rating wise. So we haven't seen this. So um, the real answer is, is that none of us really know, Steve, if I had to speculate, I would say that if the government doesn't have money to spend, it's going to make our costs go up, number one. So like going and getting a loan for multifamily will cost more. Number two, those that are doing subsidized housing, Section 8, aka, uh, or anything of that nature, my guess is that there could be some lack of funds from the government to make make good on paying those payments. Uh, my guess is, is that uh, tenants will lose jobs. So there's probably going to be a higher eviction rate. Um, that won't just be multifamily, that will be everywhere. Single family, doesn't matter. Like if people start losing jobs, that's just kind of what happens in the economy. Uh, I suspect overall though, uh, single family will take the biggest hit because people will probably default on mortgages if they lose their job. This is what happened in 08, 08, uh, 09, 2010, 2011, 2012. When people were losing their jobs, what happened is that they would have to downsize. They couldn't pay the mortgage anymore. So they'd give the keys back to the bank. They'd let the bank foreclose. And then they were moving into multifamily property. Multifamily mm -hmm. rents, consequently, they halted for a little bit, but then they started going up which shocked most people. They're like, how can rents go up in a recession? Well, history says that rents usually go up in a recession. Multifamily is kind of that asset class where people run to when they have to downsize. Right, because people have to have somewhere to live. I mean, we yes. saw during COVID, some people did the 10 city thing and that's worst case scenario, but most people will end up in multifamily, which is actually going to push rents up because normal supply and demand. Mm -hmm. Super, super interesting. I mean, I've, I'm pretty non-political. Um, I try it, it like it frustrates me to no end. Um, I just feel like both of those guys, I just want to lock them in a room together. Be like, just figure it out, man. Like, but that's not how our politics system works. So 
man, super interesting to watch. It does sound like, though, at the end of the day, if you can find multifamily and get it at the right price, especially the way we're buying a property. Right now, we have a property that we're working on where we're locked in at 4.3%. Is that right? Yeah, 4.33 to be exact. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can find properties, which we know how to do, at lower interest rates, because interest rates, I think I think we can probably safely say that interest rates are going to go up at least one more time, if not a couple more times over the next six months, 18 months. Like, I think we're going to see them keep climbing. I know we're, we're projecting, but. Yeah. You know, the, the betting markets, it's interesting. I just looked at them yesterday. The betting markets are saying that the Fed might pause, they might halt on interest rate increases. I don't really buy it because the Fed chairman, he's Jerome Paul, he's come out and said multiple times, he said, until inflation's dead, we're, we're, we have to, he doesn't say it like this, but his words are saying, we're okay with unemployment. We're okay with companies crashing. We're okay with a bank coming down, bank collapsing. And so that's his derogative. He's going to kill inflation. And all of the core inflation numbers, they're not falling. They're not. Uh, they kind of got funny. They did a little funny business and they changed it from the CPI, the, the overall inflation rate, and they changed it to the core inflation rate. That's what he's measuring. And even the core inflation rate is not falling yet. So yeah, I think he's still got some more. Yeah, he's still got some more vampires to kill. So he's on his mission. And as for being political or not, I don't really like to, like, I never like to get into the politics thing. Um, I just love our country. I know you do too, Steve. And like, we just want the best thing for, for everybody in this standoff thing that's happening. It doesn't do anybody any good. Like, just buck up, get it done. Like, I don't care what your political view is. You just got to get this thing done. And I'm all for like, they should rein in spending. <laughs> this is outrageous to see that the, the national debt in our lifetime go up to $31 trillion. I mean, just a few presidencies back, we were around 18 trillion and all of a sudden it's jumped to 31 and they're talking about increasing it more. It's like, when does this end? The average Joe, your household and my household, we're not allowed to keep bumping the credit card limit up and spending paycheck to paycheck just to service the debt. We're not allowed to do that. We would, right. we get crushed. So yeah. why doesn't, why doesn't the government do the same? Just <laughs> rein it in. It is, it is interesting. So Stop. enough of that. Let's talk about the property that we have to offer. If you guys have been paying attention, we've had this property. Um, we have not done the hard offering for it yet. We've had a few soft commitments. We're already at somewhere between 50 and 60% subscribed. But Nate, if you want to share a few details. Yeah. So th this is, um, it's my new favorite property. It's probably my property of the year. And it probably will carry that because it's this cute little brick 22 unit building. It's in the heart of the historic district, which has pluses and minuses in historic districts. You have to maintain the property. It has to look beautiful. So that's kind of like the plus and the minus because it costs more to keep it pretty. Anyways, um, it's a hundred percent rented. The, I think that they put on their sheet that it's 95%, but all that we, what that tells us is that the last owner, they weren't pushing rents. They got really comfortable. They left it as is. So for us, all that we got to do in go in and do is to let at least expire and bump the rents up. So it's a really easy play. It's three blocks from another asset that we own. We're already dominating with the other asset. So the same management team is going to swoop in and do the same thing to this property here. And um, yeah, so it's it's a it's a fun little easy play. Yeah, 22 unit building. 
Nice. If you guys want to learn more about that, the information is down below. You have two different links. You have the links to homeinvest.com where you can see our current offerings. You also have homeinvest.com slash podcast, which will book a call with myself or Nate. Uh, we'll walk you through the entire property. Uh, if you're a credit investor and you're looking to invest, this is going to be a great deal. And we would love to run you through the details. You looked like you wanted to add something. I was waiting. Oh, so, so, sorry, sorry, Steve. No, no, you're good, man. You're good. Yeah, in, in, in this one, it will fill up really fast. So if you do have interest in placing capital right now, I'd encourage you to do what Steve said. Go to homeinvest.com slash podcast. Even if it's not this deal, that's totally cool. We can build a relationship and maybe we'll work on one in the future. But this deal specifically, it will go fast because it's a small deal. Awesome. All right, guys, until next time, make sure that your profits have purpose. Honor God in your investing, and we will see you soon.